Amen. How many of you know that it's time to change? Huh? Come on, it's time to change. You know you need to change. Amen. We all want stuff to change. We're all looking for circumstances to change. We, we want our situation to change. But the reality is, is that we are supposed to change. Amen. And, you know, we need to refuse to be one of those people who live an unchanged life when a changed life is so possible. You know, so, so many people get born again and, and, uh, and from that point, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some transformation. Your, your spirit, you know, your spirit comes alive and, uh, but, but they go through life and they're expecting radical changes, but they don't see a lot. And, and the reason is because we still, we still need to work on that soul. Huh? We need to, we need to change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we make our choices. We, we need to, we need to realign ourselves with God's plan and with God's word and, and live life by, well, we need, we need to live a different life. It was kind of sad to think that we got God, but we don't have God life. That we're, you know, we think eternal life starts when we die. No, it starts when you're born again. Amen? And it's not, it's not a different level of life, but it's a different lifestyle altogether. Now, I'm not talking about hoops that you set on fire and jump through and follow these rules and those regulations. I'm talking about a, a different, a different set of orders. Uh, uh, it's a different paradigm. Uh, there's something else ruling your life. God. God's way. Uh, you know, we started this year uh, with fasting and praying that we would find the right way for us. The right way for our kids. The right way for our substance. That, that we would become First chair followers of Christ, right? First chair committed. Not we. We don't even want to settle for second chair. We we don't want to be those people who are in constant compromise. We don't want the duplicity in our life. We want it to be known as for me and my house, we're serving God. We're doing it God's way. We we want to stay far away from that third chair. That third chair is the chair of complacency, and and in that chair, the guy tells himself that it doesn't matter. But how many of you know there's coming a day when it's going to matter? Right. I mean, in every situation, you know, you might not think that it matters how you treat your spouse today, but there's coming a day when that's going to matter. You might not think that it makes any difference on how you think about your employment and your business, but there will be a day when that shows up and it matters. You know, it doesn't matter what I do physically. You know, we can eat what we want, sit and not exercise. There come a day when that will matter. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, "Mm mm-hmm. All right. So you got to get out of that chair of complacency and start moving yourself. You know, the cool thing about it is no matter where you're seated, it never changes where God stands. But God's, God's looking at each and every one of us and he's saying, come on, grow, grow a little. Make, make this week a week of growth. Decide today that I'm, I'm going to grab something in, in this in this moment that we're sharing together. I'm going to grab something that I'm going to take out of here and apply to my life. I, you know what we do? We, we go to church, and we, we kind of, especially in this seating arrangement, you know, you can look across the room a little bit, and you can find somebody who really desperately needs to change. And you just sit and meditate about them all through the service. Oh, God, help Kelly get this. Help Kelly get it. And, and God wants to deal with you, right? He, he, I think he's wanting to deal with me. I, I think what, what we need to do is say, okay, I'm looking for something today that I can go out of this place and see some Real change. 
Because I, I, I want some things to be different in my life. How, how many of you would like your world to experience some change? Amen. For the better. Huh? I said for the better. You know, don't you want to feel better? Don't you want to think better? Don't you want to live better? Well, then change. Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, life and peace. Well, that says change or die. I mean, really, that's all it says. Just change or die. Well, let's change and live. Let's live the life God's called us to live. Amen? Uh, Just some familiar scripture let's launch off with. Romans chapter 12. Starting at verse 1, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I beseech you, therefore, brother. He's saying, I'm begging you guys. I'm, I'm begging you guys by the mercies of God. Look at all the mercy that God has bestowed upon us. You know, uh, mercy is when you don't get what you should have got. Anybody in here today thankful for mercy? Amen. Raise your hand, TJ. You know, yeah, yeah, just think about my life and some of the, some of the things I've done and some of the choices I've made and, and, and watching the mercy of God redeem me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I think you ought to take a minute and just be grateful. I mean, filled with thanksgiving that the mercy of God has been poured out upon your life. And he said, in, in, in view of that mercy, it's kind of like a guy talking to people he knows really well. He said, you know, in view of the mercy you've seen, I'm begging you, man. Change your life. Don't, don't keep expecting mercy. Don't keep drawing on mercy. How, how about you live by the power of the grace of God? That grace is not a blanket you hide your sin under. That grace is an empowering agent that infuses you with the ability to do what you couldn't do before. See, before you had God, we couldn't expect you to live very much of a life. But now that you got God, the, the potential's unlimited. Now, now that you've experienced the mercy of God, come on, live a different life. Don't live the same life you lived before Christ. Refuse, refuse to be the guy that just gets a t-shirt and a bumper sticker and just continues on in life with his nasty attitude. Come on, refuse to be the guy that's still broken and defeated. Refuse to be the gal that's beat up from the street up and and just going through life looking for somebody who will feel sorry for her. Refuse to live that life, but bring your life to God and live it like worship. Make the way you live your life, let that be the way you worship God every single day. Let your life be holy. That just means other than. Don't be like the world. Be, be other than. Be like God. He's so not like all the other gods. Let's be holy, acceptable unto God. That, you, you know, and right there, a lot of us, we, we get, we kind of get, uh, we hit a speed bump, acceptable to God. And we start thinking about, uh, again, rules, regulations. That's not acceptable. No, what it literally means is a life that's compatible with God life. 
you know, uh, in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I, Jesus said, have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance till it full, till it overflows. Talking about a crazy good life. That word life there in the Greek is zoe, Z-O-E. It's zoe life. God life. Life like God has it. And what he's saying here is that, you know what, that old lifestyle doesn't mesh. It's not compatible with God's kind of life. You're hearing about great promises, but you're not really seeing the production of those promises. Why? Well, you know, well, I thought God's in control. No, you're in control. He's given you authority. He's given you dominion. And the only way to get God to rule and reign is for you to pull off all those other things, all the, all the idolatry of your life. You know, how about you get off the throne and let God rule? How, how about you take sickness off the throne and, and let God rule? Well, how do we do that? Well, see, God life is more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, right? More provision than lack. More healing than sickness. But see, a lot of us, we let sickness rule because sickness makes our decisions on what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. It's all dependent upon how we feel. Well, who's ruling your life then? Sickness. And, and what the writer's saying here is that that mentality is not compatible with the life you've been called to. If you, if you want to feel better, act better. Act the way you want to feel. Don't let your feelings dictate how you're going to act. See, it's not a different level. It's a different lifestyle altogether. Don't let, don't let poverty make your choices for you. Because when God starts telling you what he's called you to do, your, your first response, if poverty is ruling and reigning, your first response is going to be, we could never afford that. God always calls you into battles you couldn't possibly win. He leads you into situations you couldn't possibly afford. He has you face problems you couldn't possibly solve. But he's not sending you there alone. The Lord is on your side. Right? And he's, he's taking you and he's walking you in there. And, and he knows you can't handle it. And that's, that's what causes you to, to cling to him. Is that the thing's bigger than you? You're, you're waiting, you're waiting until you get some major breakthrough before you launch. And God's saying, I need you to launch now so that you trust me. So that when you get the breakthrough, you've developed a characteristic, a habit of relying on me. If you wait till it's easy for you, then you don't need God anymore. And God says, no, I want you to come now and live the life I've called you to live. Well, how do we do it? Look at verse 2. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world shape you and, and mold you. He said, I, I'm the one that's going to shape and mold you. And be transformed, radically changed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Look at this verse in the Amplified Bible. Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. It, it says, don't be conformed to this age and fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. The entire renewal of your mind. By new ideals and a new attitude. Get, get a totally new attitude towards life. A new process of thought. Don't accept life as you've known it. Look at it in the New Living Testament. Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Wow, God, what, what does God want to change? Everything. Come on. Don't be the same guy you were 
Be a new guy. Be a new person by changing the way you think. Well, does that not very plainly tell us that the way we think before change must be wrong? You know, when God looks at you and says, I think you're thinking wrong, he's not telling you you're not smart. He's just telling you you're, 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 you're using the wrong process of thought. There's a, there's a secular system of logic that it opposes God's system of logic. Remember in the Bible when it says, in the beginning was the Word? Remember that? In the beginning was the Word. The, the Word, Logos. In the beginning was God's system of logic. It's where we get our word logic. In the beginning was God's system of logic. God's system of logic has been under attack ever since the fall of man. And there's a secular system of logic that the world operates by. And you're inundated every day of your life with that system of logic. But that, that is just simply uh, carnal-mindedness. And like I quoted earlier, Romans 8 says that carnal-mindedness leads to death. Death isn't dead. It's separated. Separated from... From the life that God's actually created you for. We, we love Jeremiah 1 where he says, you know, before I, before I formed you, I knew you. Right? And what I'm saying is that God had a dream about the future and, and he could see you in that dream. So he started shaping you to, to fit his dream. And he has sanctified you or distinguished you or set you apart from everybody else on the planet. There ain't nobody else like you. And he said, and I have ordained you or I've given you authority and power to actually fulfill my dream, to make God's dream come true. You have everything you need to, to lead that life, to live that life of victory. He said, I, I've set you up to win. Think about this for just a minute. God said, I, I, I've wired you for success. You have what it takes, everything that it takes to live a life that pleases God. He said, I've already given it to you. But the, the, but the world system is trying to lead you astray, trying to pull you out. And you're thinking thoughts that aren't God thoughts. You're thinking, oh, I can't do this. I, I, I don't, I'm not strong enough. I, I can't live that life. I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't have the right education. I, I can't afford it. Or, or we're too deep in debt. Or we've made too many mistakes. Those are not God thoughts. In Isaiah, when he said, you know, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It's not a put down. It's an invitation up. God said, what I, what I need you to do is stop using secular logic, and I need you to use my system of logic. This is the system that created the universe. Think about it. You walk into a space that's absolutely void of light. You say, sure is dark in there. He says, let there be light. Everything changes. You and I talk about how big the problem is. Not God's system of logic. See, we, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy on a Sunday morning. It's kind of cool. Get, get together with a bunch of people, like-minded people. Get the guitars going, the drums playing. And sing, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. I want the world to know how great our God is. But then before you get to the parking lot, There'll be a problem or a situation, a flat tire, 
you're running late, or something will take the size, the greatness of your God and collapse it to where he's just not quite big enough to handle your stuff. Why do we do that? Because we've adapted ourselves to this world. And he said, I need to change the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, perfect. You need to understand something. If you don't get anything else today, get this, that the will of God for your life is good. God's will for you is good. His plan isn't to harm you, but it's to help you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you back up. We even, we even think about repentance. You know, uh, we, we've been taught that repentance simply means to turn around and go the other way. That's half correct. Because if you're thinking, you're thinking this way, you know, I was going that way, so I'm going to repent, so now I'm going that way. But really is repent, I was going that way, and now I'm going that way. Repent is two prefixes put together to make one word. Re, to bring back to the original state of pent, is like the top, like penthouse, the top. So when you repent, you get back up on top again. What the enemy does is he uses life to press you down and push you out of the place that God dreamed of you being. And, and, and it just crushes you and pushes you out. But when you repent, you get right back up on top again. It's resurrection life. After death wears itself out, life stands back up again. And, and, and you know, God's plan for your life, it's a good plan. Uh, you know, the King James says that God's will would be acceptable. It's the only thing that you and I ought to be willing to accept. But we accept so much in our life that's so far beneath God's plan. God's will for your life is perfect. That means it's lacking nothing. Well, that's one of them white hanky moments there. God, God's will for your life knows no lack. We, we need to change the way we think, so that we can experience the life that Jesus came to connect us to. You, you, you can't just pray the prayer, maybe sign a card, and, you know, and, and uh, that's, that's the launching point. You can't just go back to that old lifestyle. You can't just go back and, and, and allow yourself to think the way that you always thought. You know, well, you know, we're never going to make it. Uh, this is just way too, we're, we're going under. That's not God thoughts. So we got to train ourselves to think like God thinks. And that's not going to happen uh, because we lay hands on you. That'll help. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the power of, of the prayer. Obviously that's going to help, but it's going to take more. See, we like messages. We like to go to church and preach about the antichrist or, or, you know, end times or, you know, just something that's way out there that doesn't bring any responsibility to us. Huh? Let's just hear about what God's done in the past and maybe what he's going to do in the future. But, well, wait a minute. Let's deal with us. Because we're supposed to be living God life. And there's so many folks who aren't. Why? Well, because we're just trying to find something that's, that's easy. Something that's comfortable. We just want to feel good. You know, we, we just want somebody to pat us on the back and tell us to just hang on till Jesus comes. Because in the sweet by and by, when we meet on that beautiful shore, 
What a glorious time that will be when we're up there with the Lord. But we're getting our hiney handed to us every day right here. And we got a bunch of people in the world who are looking at us thinking, you were better off when you were on crack. Huh? And anytime we do start stepping into spiritual things, most people just get weird. Not all of them, but a lot of people just, they just kind of get weird. So they're just weird and defeated. Well, why don't we just get victorious? Well, how do we do it? Well, we change the way we think with God's help. We're going to change the way we think. Look, look, if you would with me, go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is at. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. If you've been risen with Christ, seek, seek the things that are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. He's not telling you to sit in an easy chair and think about heaven. Let's just sit and picture pearly gates. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, change your mindset. And get, get the mindset of God. Don't, don't, don't be trapped down here in this worldly secular system of thought. See, when you, you, you die, that old life is gone. And now the new life is in Christ. And look at verse uh, 9 and 10. Don't lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Put on the new man. Take off the old. Put on the new. So there's some stuff we got to take off, and there's some things we got to put on. Right? Uh, you might remember uh, some of you guys who, who who have children. Some of you, you know, there's a lot of lot of lot of guys in the room. You got little babies. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can even remember though. You know, and, and our boys are are pretty much grown, but I, I can remember when uh, when, when they had diapers. You know, when we, when, we, when we did diapers, they were cloth. Yeah, and we had those pens. Remember those the, uh, baby diaper pens? And you'd poke them through there until they scream. And they go, okay, that one's on. And, and, uh, no, I was really gifted at that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you take the baby in. And, and, and how do you know that there are moments when that diaper needs to be changed? Hmm? And then there are moments when that diaper must be changed. Right? And, and when, when the baby's with the dad, it usually you hang out till must. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and you take the baby in, and you lay out the new diaper, you get it all flat there on the changing table, and you lay the baby down, and you get the baby powder, and you sprinkle it on. And, Aren't you cute? Aren't you cute? Remember that? Aren't you cute? The only thing that's changed is the length of your hair, bro. That's about it. <laughs> You still so cute. Look at you. Look at you. Got the powder. Tighten up the diaper. Put the pans on. Take it back out. Hand them off to mom. <laughs> Here he is. Fresh and new. If any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are fresh and new. But if you forget to take the old diaper off, it is not long till the stench of the old penetrates the freshness of the new. And see, a lot of us, what we've done, 
is we put on the new. Hello, fresh and new. But the stench of the old is penetrating the freshness of our new. See, we're not much different than a guy who doesn't know God. We just go to church. You know, we used to, we used to give the bar our money. Now we bring our money to, to the house of God. We, we used to hang out with drunk people. Now we hang out with strange people. Come on, lighten up. But we haven't, we haven't changed our mindset. We think just like we used to think. You know, we, we, we make statements just like we used to make. Uh, not, not a lot has changed. The Bible, the Bible teaches us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, it's not, it's not what you're saying when you're on top of it. You know, because when we're on top of it, we say all the right stuff. Because, you know, you can fight all the way to the parking lot, but as you're getting out of the car, good morning, hallelujah. Hmm? Walk in the building, isn't God good? All the time, hallelujah. But, but when you're not right on top of it, when life hits you when, you, when you get back out to the parking lot, and nobody can decide where we're going to lunch, where you want to go? I don't care. Anywhere you want to go. You want to go there? Nope, don't want to go there. Okay. How about you? You got any ideas? Oh, I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm so easy. I'm just so easy. Just take me anywhere. Okay, let's go here. Well, I don't like that. Huh? Come on. In about three and a half minutes, you're ready to kill somebody. Just tell me where we're going. Got more peace than chaos, right? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Those are the little things. What about when the big things hit? What, what about when, when life gets real? And then all of a sudden, out of the abundance of the heart, well, I just don't understand how God could let that happen. Can't believe a loving God would allow those things to... Well, if God was really for us, I don't understand why we're having all these troubles. And we end up finding out what's really in our heart. And in reality, guys, that's a good thing. If we're paying attention. But if we're just accepting it. And trying to live this double standard life. That's a second chair lifestyle. See, the first chair guy. He's hoping to find out where the cracks are. So he can remove those thoughts and replace them with right thoughts. Kind of hoping that you start. See, because what don't 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 you want to get to the place where the thing that used to knock you down is now the thing that you walk right over? The thing that you used to struggle with. It just kept you awake at night. And then suddenly you realize I haven't thought about that in three and a half weeks. I've grown. I've got some breakthrough up in here. I, you know, some change is going on in here. That's what we want. We need some change up in here. Look at your neighbor and tell him, we need some change up in here. We need to change the way we think. Somebody say amen. You know, uh, I'm looking for a verse here. I think it's Matthew 10, 39. Did I give you that one? Whoever finds his lower life 
will lose it, the higher life. But whoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it, the higher life. God, I love this verse. See, what a lot of us do is we, we cling to that lower life. You know, our belief systems, the way we were raised, the things that we were taught, the, the belief systems that just come out. You know, I, I can remember as a kid, uh, you know, and we lived in a very interesting environment, you know, in our, in our house. Uh, and I can remember as a kid growing up, and I, I don't think we were the only ones that ever had this thought, but I used to think to myself, well, when, when, when I grow up, when I have kids, I'm never going to do that. Anybody ever had that thought? Come on, hold your hand up if you ever had that thought. I want to see it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not the only one. You know when I remember those moments? It's right in the middle of doing what I said. I'll never do that. And, and it's shocking, isn't it? And it's shock. I can't believe. You know, I, I've had moments where I've, you know, when I'm done doing what I said I'd never do, when I go back to the bedroom and think to myself, how the heck did that happen? Because those things are down in there. The, the seeds that have developed roots that are producing the tree. And here comes the fruit. And we cling. We, 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 it's like we want to guard and protect that thought life. But Jesus said, you know, if you'd lose that low life, you could have the high life. Matthew 12, 35, 33, make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. He went on and said, how, how can you being evil speak good things? Notice how nice Jesus is, brood of vipers. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what we need to do? We, we need to stop ourselves and, and, and in those moments... That we're making these statements. You know, not, not the moment in the church parking lot when you're greeting everybody, but the moment when real life is occurring. You need to stop yourself and listen and catch yourself as it's coming out of your mouth and stop it and say, ah, I got, I got to, I got to replace that one. I, 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 I got to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what we need to do? We need to give permission to people in, in our circle, you know, and to give them permission to lovingly lovingly, you got to be careful with this because I've learned that people love to help me with this, but uh, lovingly encourage each other and point out when, wait, wait a minute, that's, that's not a God thought. That's, that's not a God thought. You know, it shows up in, in, in everything you do over the next few weeks. You know what we're going to do? We're, we're going to learn how to change our mindset. So that we can live the God life. But you need people in your life who can lovingly say, wait, wait a minute. And, and just in the little things, you know, just just in the little things, you know, when, when you're when you're just doing life, you, you know, just you're at the picnic, you're at the park or you're, you're out on the golf course and, and you're slamming your club down and saying, I'm so stupid. And have somebody say, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not a God thought. Because we've got to change it. We've got, we, we got to change the fruit. Look at verse 33 again. Make the tree good. We get to choose what kind of tree our life's going to be. 
See, what we want to do, we want to jump right out to the fruit. We, want to, we just want to start exchanging fruit. And we're trying to hang oranges, but we're an apple tree. You know, we, we need to change the root, and then the fruit will line up. So we've got to get in there and say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn how to make the tree good. I'm going to learn how to think God thoughts. I'm going to learn how to make God statements. I'm going to help, have God help me and create a new heart in me, O oh God. I understand that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I'm going to speak life. I know that God set in front of me life and death. I choose life. I choose life. I'm not going to just accept death. Remember, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded, life and peace. Well, if I choose life, then I have to choose to think God thoughts. I've got to set my mind on things above. I've got to get up off of this low life and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for the high life. I'm going to go for the high life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be like somebody. I'm going to try to be who God created me to be. You know, I, I, I don't want to pretend. I don't want to follow. I, I, I want to be the man of God, the woman of God that he's called me to be. And I want God to rule and reign my life. I'm taking sickness off the throne. I'm taking defeat off the throne. I'm taking depression off the throne. I, I'm, I'm going to start rejecting thoughts that don't line up with what... God's Word says. Which means I'm going to have to know the Word of God. But, but I refuse, I refuse to allow death to reign when life is my choice. I'm not going to live like a victim. And I'm going to tell you right up front that this, this, this little journey that we're going to take, it's not an easy one. But it's well worth the endeavor. Hello, somebody. I said it's well worth the endeavor. And, and, and you're going to find yourself just demonstrating Satan's defeat in ways like you never thought possible. You get out of bed and realize, I just humiliated hell today. And all I had to do was get out of bed. Huh? We're going to set our mind on things above. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you, Lord, that even now, 